On Monday, August 8th, Paul Can Audio hits 1,000 episodes. Wait, that's still on? Who could possibly still care? And the gang is all here to celebrate. It's euphoric. It's got to be close to Nirvana. It's outstanding. For the first time ever, Maddie, Michaela, Rob, and Matt are all live in studio together. It's happening, you guys! It's happening! Oh my god! Oh my god! I wish you all were here! Is this likely to go well? Just check my notes here. No! At least it will make a lot of noise. Boom. Here comes the boom. A thousand pods and a thousand pints. I don't think I've ever been as proud in my entire life. TCA 1000 drops Monday, August 8th, wherever you find low-quality podcasts. Fuck, it's out of control. Shit. I like the chili cheese burrito. Can I have some of those over here too? I'm with Probably you. Probably not right before he came. Uh, or, or, or bed, yeah. or swimming, or just about anything. We're going right. to be yeah. honest with you. Get to a safe place. <laughs> I'm not sure what the f*** this is. I'm about to find out. This is Talk and Audio. Hello, everybody. Welcome inside an all-new episode of the Tall Can Audio podcast. We are on Twitter and Instagram at Tall Can Audio, Facebook.com slash Tall Can Audio. We help you kickstart another work week. It's Matt Robinson here in our studio. Rob Christie is out in Canada. What are you saying today, man? Hanging out here in the uh, sweltering uh, satellite studio. Yes. Um, I'm a big fan of, of sleeping without the AC, so... Really? You know, if it if it gets that yeah, if it gets down to mid teens, mm-hmm. that's good. That's good. Open window sleeping. Uh, I like I like fresh air. So I don't care how hot it gets in the day. If it gets down to mid to low teens at night, I can I can put up with whatever happens in the day. Um, that being said, I've closed the doors so that no outside sound or at least a minimal amount of outside sound gets in here and. Um, yeah, I'm finding it to be a little sweaty. Warming right back this, up, eh? Right at this moment, yeah. yeah. I, I just I hit my my pre-show dip in the pool, right? Coming in at a nice frosty uh, 69 degrees. Nice. So yeah, uh, I thought, okay, I'm going to be good to go. That's but the uh, sex number. Yeah. It's, okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> Six, 68 yeah. plus one. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I'm I'm a little sweaty over here right at the moment. So uh, okay. if if the if the microphone cuts out. You'll know that I've likely shorted it with an abundance of swass. Gross. Gross. Uh, what are you combating <laughs> the swass with in terms of a pint this afternoon? Well, I got a couple of... Uh, yeah, kind of a... Well, it was, uh, it was almost premature, right? Yeah. I got, I got the nail under it, but it's, uh, it didn't want to go, so I had to... Mm, Take this. Little, yeah, exactly. Had to get the full digit under there. <laughs> we, all know, we all know what that's like. Um, I'm drinking the 2010 West Coast IPA from Great Lakes. Hmm. So the beauty of this uh, is is they're billing it as 2010 when IPAs were just IPAs, right? Before this, everything had to be hazy. Everything had to be... When your men were men and your IPAs were IPAs. So they're calling for hoppy, piney with a pinch of citrus, but... And they've dated that at 2010, have they? Well, yeah, they're saying that's, that's before... The whole the New hipsters. England style. Yeah, exactly. Your man buns and your, <laughs> you know, skinny jeans and, and whatnot. Craft beer douchebags sort of. Whoops. Yeah. 
Uh, let me see. That applies to you. Yep. Well, okay. Anyways, be it as it Yeah, exactly. So that that is that is what I'm drinking. I'm going to give that a pull. What do you got going on over there? It's 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 warm here too. I was looking for something a little a little lighter, a little uh, whatever. So this is from the Rouge River uh, Craft Brewing Company out of Markham. And um, where did it go here? Son of a bitch. Uh, this is their pale ale. Uh, nothing really matters. And every time I read that, I kind of want to bust out into the... Uh, Little Metallica. No, that's nothing else matters. I want to get oh. into the uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. Nothing really matters to me. Yeah, I got it, man. man. Yeah. I, know, I know what you're talking about. Well, eventually... Okay. Yeah, so it's, it's true. <laughs> this is the uh, New England Pale Ale, one of those man bun douchebags that's ruining things for uh, the Great Lakes <laughs> Brewing Company. Uh, it's not an IPA, not an Indian Pale Ale, uh, just a Pale Ale. So maybe I'm going to skate on that. I'm not quite sure, but uh, yeah, I took a look around. Was looking for something a little lighter, a little more refreshing today. Uh, you did drop yeah. off a stout here um, that it's looking pretty sweet, a little desserty. All everybody knows that's my style. So uh, we'll get to that on an upcoming show, but. Uh, yeah, I was looking for something just a little bit different today. Uh, well, so I, did, I did drop you two beers, but Matt drank the first one while I was standing there. The, and, uh, uh, yes, the uh, smoked lager there from the Henderson Brewing Company. Um, nice, man. You weren't lying. Heavy, yeah, I wasn't heavy, lying. heavy on the smoke. Um, and as you described it, tastes like it had been run through the campfire before it was canned. So <laughs> <laughs> I like that, man. Bring it, right? So Okay. Well, and this beer here, this West Coast IPA coming in at six point five, it is it is as they as they have promised, right? It it is a little piney, and it's very hoppy, right? So, hey, good for you. We we're both happy. Um, recently and over the last, I think it's been two years. We're not going to delve too much into the study here because it's really kind of beside the point a little bit. Uh, the country of Iceland has been experimenting with the four-day work week, and uh, many North Americans have pined for this for a long time. Certain countries run with it, some don't. Um, but when Iceland made the switch, certainly with their government offices and things like that, um, you know, there's there are certain businesses that are never going to be able to go there. But anywhere that's doing like a nine-to-five Monday to Friday moved to a four-day work week. And they said productivity was up, happiness was up, mental illness was down, all the things that everyone <laughs> says would happen, but uh, you never know until you kind of prove it. Um, so they liked it. They're, they're likely going to uh, recommend to stick with it. So a survey was cast over here now, back in Canada, that if Canada was going to adopt the four-day work week, which day would you like to see punted? And uh, which day becomes part of your weekend? Before I give you the numbers, I'm going to hand that to you to see what you like here. I, I'm I'm punting, or no, I'm putting Monday into my weekend. Really? Okay. I love Fridays. Friday to me always has that, you know, really you're there. You don't want right? to miss casual Fridays. No, that was then, and, and or, or Thursdays, Wednesdays, or Tuesdays. <laughs> right. Uh, but to me. Yeah, Friday always, even though it's a work day, always has that, that, that. Half-assed it anyway. We've, exactly. <laughs> mailing it in. Um, yeah, I'm taking the, I'm taking the Monday on the long weekend. Well, Michaela said the same thing when we talked to her last week about, uh, not this study, but about 
um, Canada Day, where she had the holiday on Thursday and then was back to work on Friday. And she was pushing back against the notion, though, that, you know, a lot of people would have taken that Friday off. She goes, that's a nothing Friday. Like, you know, you're going to get there. Everybody's going to be half mile in it. Your boss isn't pushing you too hard. She goes, I'm not wasting a holiday day on a day where they're not going to push me anyway. Um, it does mean you still have to be present. So whatever that's worth to you, but it was a fair enough point. So, um, I think I'm going the other way on this. I think, I think no matter when you start your week, that would just become Monday, right? Like Mondays always suck. You're just going to ruin Tuesday. If Monday becomes part of the holiday Friday, you, you're sort of, even by Thursday, you're feeling like I'm getting close to the weekend. Like, I, I think I can, I can, you know, finish this out. And now if Thursday is going to be the end anyway, um, I, I just feel like you feel sooner in the week, like you're running downhill. Whereas I don't know, Monday's got that mental thing to it that you're like, ah, this is the longest possible time to, and, and you would just shift that onto Tuesday. So I think we've all for a long time decided Mondays suck and I would leave that where it is and just know that you're that much closer. But uh, I'll tell you here, the results of the poll said that 45% of people like you are taking the Monday off, 52% of people are taking the Friday off, and then there's 3% that are doing some weird shit in the middle of the week. Yeah, that just want like a break on Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday or something. So... Um, to me, that'd be the worst of the, you can't do anything with that day. I guess you get a little bit of recharge, but you're not, it's not doing much for you. I don't think, but well, and, and you know, the thing is, uh, as a kid, I really hated Sunday nights. Yeah, right? me too, man. You knew everything was shifting and, and you, the weekend is over and you had to gear up for, for school or whatever your deal is. Everyone was tired. The house was quiet. Like, yeah, you could feel it. Yep. Um, now as a, as a long time working stiff, mm-hmm. um, I, I don't mind Mondays. Mondays to me are, you've had a couple of days to, you know, regenerate, charge your batteries. Unless you, you haven't though, right? Like unless you did a late night Saturday thing or you went away for the weekend, like Monday's going to suck. I think for most people, I think you're in the minority here. Yeah. Well, and all I'm saying is you, you hit, you hit Monday and you're like, you yeah, know, I, I don't disagree that I'm in the minority, Yeah. but you hit Monday and you're like full, you know, fresh week. I got it. It's Tuesday. That really sucks. Cause you're like, okay, I blew all my juice on Monday <laughs> and, and it's Tuesday and I still got four days to go. Right? right. Then you're back into Wednesday, hump day, Thursdays, your faux Friday and bam, you're done. Right. So to me, Tuesday is the guy who is the redheaded stepchild, right? So, so would you consider moving in with that three percent that's wanting to take Tuesday off? Uh, I would go Wednesday. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and really, two days day off, two days, bam. Haven't like, you just created uh, another Monday though? Like, yeah, I, I'm not as fixated on the Mondays. <laughs> right, I, so, I'm so that, to me, yeah. it really means that I've I've really created two Thursdays and two Fridays. Yeah, maybe. Okay, is, is, is how I look at that. <laughs> uh, but it's funny you should you should talk about that. There was a a show I was watching on on gender gap in, in pay mm-hmm. worldwide, right? And if I was to to ask you, Matt, what the two countries in the world that have the smallest gender gap in terms of pay equity. So from male to female. Iceland. Well, very topical, <laughs> Matt. Iceland would be correct. Iceland is one of the two countries. Yeah. And the other one, I will give you 100 guesses to try and come okay. up with Rwanda. Right. Mogadishu or something. Yeah, no, know. it's Rwanda. Yeah, oh, for it? sure. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's Rwanda. Okay. And uh, 
And it's interesting that the two things that are happening in those two countries, uh, Rwanda, um, due to the to the civil war and the the sheer volume of males who who didn't make it to the other side of, of the civil war yeah. between the Hutus and the Tutsis, I believe, um, that women were forced into not just the labor force, but to, to fill jobs like mayors, sure. go- governors. Heaven forbid. Yeah, no, but this, was, <laughs> this wasn't the case prior to the Civil right. War. And so you now have women filling top jobs sort of across the country that it's, it's really, it's forced this, this gender equity onto the country. And so it's, it's the small, albeit very small, silver lining yeah. that comes from that. Uh, the other thing was Iceland in terms of those crafty Scandinavians and forward thinking progressives that they are, they, they uh, credit some of that, that um, gender equity to they force males to take paternal leave as oh, yeah. well as maternal as the mother's taking. So you have to split it. So you don't have a bunch this, of crazy hippies over there. Yeah. You don't have this. <laughs> Okay, the women are now out for anywhere yeah. from six to nine to eighteen months out of the job. You're shut course. down too, Dad. Yeah, guess what, Dad? Uh, yep. So whether so those those sort of lapses are spread out across across both genders. So yeah, those crazy <laughs> Icelandic types. Good for you guys, man. It's it, it just makes sense, right? Well, shout out to uh, Rwanda and Iceland. Um. That's that's what I really came here to say today, Matt. And I had no idea you were going to ask me this question, but uh, random things that Rob may know or not. Had a chance to take down UFC 264 uh, on Saturday night. I know that's not everybody's cup of tea. So what we're going to do is we're going to hold the thoughts on that. Um, I watched the fight. Um, and so I'll give my opinions on all of that towards the end of the show so that those of you who aren't really into the fight game can take the rest of this in. If we get into the fight stuff later on and that's not your scene, you can kind of check out, but you'll have been able to hear everything else first. So we, uh, those of you who are here for the fight stuff, that will be towards the end of the show. We will get into that. So stick around. Also, I should let everybody know Steve Lloyd, TSN 1200, friend of the show, big craft beer guy, big sports guy. Uh, he has obviously been here before. He's going to be back on the show this week as well. Uh, look for that. Probably Wednesday morning. We'll get that out to you. So look for that later this week. Some good stuff coming up. Um, this is the uh, first time we've sat down and, and chatted on the uh, on the mic since the end of the Stanley Cup final. Your Tampa Bay Lightning do it again. Um, this one looked like a whole lot more fun uh, than the one in the bubble in Edmonton in, in dead silence. But... Um, I don't know. Interesting to watch. I, I think we both thought going into it that, you know, Tampa was obviously the better team, but I think we thought everyone played who played Montreal was the better team and it didn't always pan out that way. So uh, they get it done in five. Um, hell of a celebration. Before we get into any of the aftermath, um, what did you think of the series and how they closed it out? I, I thought it was quite possibly some of the most boring hockey yep. I, I think I've seen in a while. I, I was not super interested in the final. I watched every game, mm-hmm. um, you know, waiting for I something. A couple. Yeah, waiting for something to happen. Um, but, yeah, I, I found the hockey to be boring. I found, you know, as we said last week, coming off of You don't think ESPN the- and TFT were like, yeah, we're getting this thing? Awesome. Yeah, I, I think they're they are 
are hoping that they, they never see the Montreal Canadiens again. We all are. I think that's I think that's just the style they played is you know, did it get to them the final? Yeah, nice run, all those things. Mm-hmm. Uh, not conducive to super good entertaining hockey. Second uh, lowest ratings of the lockout era in the U.S. Uh, behind only Anaheim, Ottawa. Um, oh. <laughs> suburban California and Canada's yeah. at the time smallest market. So um, yeah. that's the company. Hey, that, <laughs> they weren't back yet. But That's, uh, what, that's what I'm saying. Okay. Thank you. Coming back in. <laughs> so um, that's where that felt. Now, to be fair, NBC also mailed this in like nobody's business. No one they yeah. were done handing it off to ESPN and TNT next year. So there was apparently nothing in the way of promotion um, and advertising. They never, you know, the the NHL has always had a hard time, um, you know, really getting big attention on the Stanley Cup final. But now your broadcaster knew they were a lame duck, so they sort of punted on it. Then you had a Canadian team and and Tampa's a very good team, but it's not a Boston or a New York or a Chicago or something, right? So uh, they struggled down there. Up here, not bad. It, it did do less than the Leafs and Habs did in the first round, but I mean, that's kind of a skewed comparison, but Sportsnet wouldn't have been happy to see their highest ratings of the playoffs in the first round and then kind of leveling out down to the finals. That's not how that's supposed to go either. So um, it didn't do terribly up here, but um, yeah, not not really great on either side in terms of interest. You're right. The hockey was atrocious. Like it was, it was brutal. Yeah. And, and, and if you look at, at the chances created and, and how it just became a bit of a, a scrum in a lot of areas and, and, and really it's, it's gotta be a bit of a, a referendum for the, for the NHL, mm-hmm. right. Just in terms of, of if that's how you want it to be played, it's kind of shitty. And, and it, it's really, I, I it, if that was the way it was going to continue, I, I'm not sure I would continue to watch. Yeah. I, wasn't fucking around when I've been saying over the last month or two, like I said, I have always admitted right after the Leafs annual punting, um, I lose interest a little bit, but it's getting harder and harder to come back in, man. Like it just, this wasn't very good. And like you, as you know, I, I gave everybody a pass last year, uh, in the bubble, right? Whether if you won, you were full value for it. Cause you were under the same rules as everybody else, but the hockey it was hard to watch and guys had been off for a while and there was no enthusiasm, but you're starting to see there was a kind of a tipping point a couple years ago where it seemed like we might be headed towards a place where they were going to encourage skill and speed and all these things. And it has gone the complete opposite direction here lately. Well, and I'm willing to bet, um, that part of your problem is oh, a, I got problems. The, yeah. A, the older you get, but also I think how disgusted you are with your team's results. Well, I want to know like you, man, this is referendum time. If this is the way you're going to call the game, then yeah, my team's got to be disassembled and yeah, I know. But all I'm (laughs) saying is, is, is the amount of interest that you had rolling into this year's playoffs, there's excitement, there's trepidation, right? There's a bunch of things, but you love that feeling, right? You're stoked because you feel like you have a good team and you do. And then when the crushing defeat inevitably comes inevitably, yeah. In the first round. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a it's a kick in the balls for us. And you and you step back and you're like, oh, it's hard to to get rejuvenated, right? To take another run at it. Whereas I my team was out from January. <laughs> so 
uh, I was able to look at, at some of the more interesting storylines. And to me, there was some good hockey, right? I was totally invested in the Leafs Habs series. Sure. There was some great second round series. Colorado Vegas was. If yeah. you'd gotten me to Colorado Tampa, I, this is where I think what you're what you're saying isn't wrong in terms of my level of disappointment making it harder to come back in. If you tell me it's Tampa Colorado for the Cup, I'm there for seven games. Like I'll watch that shit. That's going to be good hockey, right? Yeah. But good teams were just getting rolled all the way through this by inferior opponents. I can't remember what the number was. Nine of 12 or nine of the first 12 series went to the underdog or something. That's not good. Like, that's not good for the game. Um, it's good for those fan bases and their full value for it. I know Montreal has felt like this entire time they've been under attack and, and there's something to that. You're full value. You should have enjoyed that run. I hope you did. But that's not good for the league. That's not what we should be cheering for. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't, uh, you know, begrudge any fan base that, that get hot and go right. Like, yeah, like like if you look at that at that 2017 Ottawa team, right? They were they were underdogs in every series, yes, and they made it into Game Seven of the Conference Final, double overtime. Yep, and lost to a better team, right? But it was at that point, it's a fluke. Like it's it, when well, once you're into overtime in Game Seven. It does not matter anymore who the favorite is, right? And who's the underdog. This could go your way and you should be on the edge of your seat loving every second of it. Like Right. And so that is as a, I have great memories of that as a Senators fan, but I had no illusions that there were parts where other teams would go, man, that's dog shit. <laughs> the, the, way, the way Guy Boucher was playing it, right? You know, mm-hmm. with the, the whole left side stepping up and it's just this boring trap it in the neutral zone and fall back and, and so I get it. Now, when you see those series, and I think similar to what Montreal did this year, if you can have highlights like the, you know, the Carlson to Brassard goal against the Bruins, you have the Carlson to Hoffman. Yep. Those sort of Bobby Ryan against the Penguins in overtime, right? Mm-hmm. Bust down the wing, cuts to the net, OT goals. Same like Montreal this year. We're able to win six or seven overtime games. Yep. You play it tight, you play it tight. And I don't know if Montreal lost the game in overtime. Like to me, it was you need luck and you and you need to have a couple of big moments. But both those teams were not Cup finalists or even Conference finalist teams, right? No. And so, and if you look at Ottawa, twenty seventeen to twenty eighteen, they had a bunch of shit go wrong. But they went from yeah, we're going to be like we're Cup contenders to we're thirtieth, right? Out of thirty one teams, and I'm not saying Montreal's going to thirtieth. No, they're not. But they, if they, if they're they also have, not going back to the final. <laughs> this is it. If they have, if they, if there's, if there's visions of, of, of running it back again next year and taking another run at this because we were so close this year, mm-hmm. there's going to be some more disappointment, and there may be more. You know, we have a, if you're talking about a second place parade, may, maybe we start throwing parades for 16th place finishes. Or <laughs> it's funny I don't know. to me to hear, you know, after all the shit that. Uh, plan the parade and whatever and the Habs are allowed to have a loser parade but carry on with whatever you want to do but down goes brown did put out a great article this week in the athletic talking about these miracle runs right what happened to the florida panthers after 96 what happened to the anaheim ducks after 03 what happened to the 2017 ottawa and almost without fail they didn't all end up at 30, but almost always missed the playoffs the next year, right? The Oilers after 06, gone for like a decade from 
<laughs> relevance, right? Like yes. this happens. Fernando Pisani. Yeah. Good for you, man. Hope you had a good spring. <laughs> no cashed, idea what happened. You cashed in that guy. Sure. Um, so if you're an athletic subscriber, that's an interesting one that DGB put out. It's worth checking out. But uh, I don't expect when we end up back in the Atlantic division, you know, maybe if this is the way we're going to call playoffs now, if they can find a way in, maybe I would be less dismissive of them. But I just, you're going to run out of runway in 82 games. I don't think that team's getting by the Panthers, Leafs, Bruins, Lightning, and maybe even the Senators. They'll still be better than the Sabres and Red Wings, I would assume, but yep. we'll see, right? Like, I, you got to, that that whole we're built for the playoffs thing, man. Means you got to make the playoffs. You, yeah, and it was getting a little touch and go there for them towards the end. They got lucky that, you know, half the division caught COVID and whatever else was going on there. So, <laughs> man. Yes, because to me, you are going to have, Tampa, no matter what they do, they, they're going to lose a piece to expansion like everybody is. They'll yep. probably have to lose another piece somewhere else to start to... At unless, least one, yeah. And and then if you look at guys like... Uh, well, Coleman and Goudreau Go- both be gone. Go- yeah, for sure. And so they'll both be taking raises. So yep. you're looking probably at... in Toronto. At, yeah, if they can find it, right? <laughs> if, you, if you keep, you know, ex- extending Simmons and Spezza and whatnot. We, we have like, a, we're big into taking championship third liners and paying them like our second liners. That's a thing we really enjoy. Versteeg yeah. got uh, Boland and... Yeah. Uh, we love it. Yeah. Keep doing it. Sure. Keep doing it. Um, but yeah, if you look at Tampa and Toronto are going to be what they are next year, and, mm-hmm. and I fully expect them, them to be uh, regular season killers. Yep. And I, I say regular season as qualifier because clearly we've talked about it enough for the last two months that shit clearly changes and mm-hmm. all, all bets are off. Uh, what are the Panthers? I don't know. It, it really becomes, you know, where Montreal sits with those two teams, Ottawa and themselves, right? You just sort of go that four teams and go where, what happens there? Um, what did you make of Kucherov's classless comments afterwards? <laughs> um, he's actually, I don't know if you had a chance to see it. Uh, I did. Rolling around today, there's a, Oh, not today. A no. parade or a party. I think the actual parade might be Monday. I could be wrong. But he's Kucherov's wandering around right now down in Tampa in a t-shirt that actually says $18 million over the cap. <laughs> just so he's <laughs> he's trolling wherever he can, just feeding it to people everywhere. Uh, he looks like he's having a good time. So, um, But, uh, you know, right after... Tampa beat Carolina. That was the first thing Dougie Hamilton said in his post-game press conference too, was we just lost to a team 18 million over the cap. And you're like, yeah, you did, but you wait for the media to make those excuses for you. You don't say it, right? You, yeah. Um, Montreal, I, I don't their fans certainly didn't shy away from that notion. Like that was somehow going to be the difference for them. But um, he was entertaining in the aftermath. Vasilevsky gets the, uh, the con Smythe. Um, there's been some talk that that series was battle for best in the world between Carey Price and um, and Vasilevsky. I don't know. There's a ton of stuff that came in the aftermath of the series. Anything stand out to you? Well, first of all, the Kucherov comments. Um, Number one bullshit. Yeah, it's it's um, you know showing up tarps off. Yes. Firing back the Bud Light, probably not his first Bud Light. I I don't think he's gunned as gunned up as everybody says he either. is. 
It's although he did is, sign a contract with Bud Light this week too as an endorsement deal now. Oh, good, good for that guy. Cash right in. Yeah. Um, it's it's like Brock Lesnar saying, "I'm going home to get on top of my wife and drink a couple of Coors Lights because Bud Light never paid me shit." That's right. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah, so one of those great things. That's what Coots should have really dropped out. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, I think the whole tirade on on you know how not a tirade really the 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 Vasilevsky promo that he ran and you know that guy in Vegas yeah um, but the whole side swipe on Montreal I think is a lot like when you and I talked about the Carlson comments where Carlson's like yeah I don't want to go into a rebuild here I just did that for mm-hmm. eight years or whatever it was like people in Ottawa took that personal Lee. Yeah. You know, you said, I don't think it's that big a deal, right? As somebody not in the market, right? And to me, and to me, I think I feel the same way about this. Yeah. I found, I found it humorous. Because it's not my team under the gun. It's not my, it's not my market. Whereas everybody in Montreal just getting classless, he's classless, fired up. And, And I'm like, all right, he's, he's just, yeah, he's just giving you a shot, right? But, well, and really, he's given like there's there's been all sorts of talk online and whatever that he's going to be you know he's going to have to pay for that his first game in Montreal and stuff like that. He didn't say shit about a single one of their players. He ripped their yeah. fans for burning their city down, which they do on a Tuesday if it's a nice enough day out. Um, yeah. Like I don't know, he'll get booed, and I don't think yeah. he particularly cares. He's wearing like I said, he's wearing the T-shirt today with the salary cap numbers on it. I don't think he particularly cares about getting booed, but I don't think. <laughs> that the, the Montreal team themselves are suddenly going to be all fired up to get after Kucherov. I, yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, although he did say, you know, their Stanley cup was yes. the last round. Yeah. Well, right? He wasn't so, wrong about that. Well, no, no, he, he, he wasn't right. But so whether that's a shot at the team itself saying, Hey, good for you. You guys beat Vegas. That is your cup right yep. there. Yep. So I think that's kind of a, a, a you know, a two hander of, of a backhand with, with hitting hitting both the team and the fans, right? Saying, did, good for you. Good did, for you. You burned your city down. Did you have any thoughts on the Conn Smythe, the MVP being Vasilevsky versus him versus maybe Braden Point? Um, there was some talk going into the series that even if Montreal lost and had Carey Price been as great as he had been, maybe he could stay in the mix as a, a guy who wins it as a, as, as a losing goalie, but he that did not happen in the final. He wasn't anywhere near good enough. Did you have any thoughts at all on Con Smythe? Um, yeah, to me, it was to me, it, it became much closer to a to a two two horse race at the end, right? I think Point had had a great. Now it is playoffs as a whole, not just the finals. Yep. But it always gets weighted on the finals, right? And and if you look at what Point did in terms of his his game, sort of dropped off a bit points wise, anyways, yep. right? And so to me, it came down to the huge point lead that Kucherov had yeah. ver- versus versus how how good Vasilevsky was, right? And and how the well, nice five number- straight series wins with shutouts. Yeah, seven of the past. Yeah. So whatever. in his in the last all, every round this year where Tampa clinched, he had a shutout and he clinched the uh, Cup winner last year also with a yeah. shutout. So and, he's and doing so, his bit too. <laughs> yeah. So so to me, I, I'm totally good with it. 
I am interested though in the, um, so yeah, I think he's justified in, well, in that win. Before you move us off that, I, I would point out because I'm not so sure. I, I don't have a huge problem with Vasilevsky winning it, but as you said, uh, Kucherov finishes with nine more points than the next closest guy. And that guy is his teammate. Um, that is the biggest gap in a playoff points lead that has ever been racked up unless your name is Lemieux or Gretzky. And speaking of those two guys, he has now had the most points in a two playoff run, um, more than anyone not named Gretzky or Lemieux also. So these are heady numbers that he has put up. He's now he did have a few months to, to rest up and get ready for this run. Um, so whatever that might be worth to you. And I don't know if that maybe would have affected some people's votes that, uh, we don't like this thing that he did or. Tampa well, did. I don't know. You got to get over that. That's a league thing, not a Tampa. If yeah. Tampa, if your team's not trying to do what Tampa just did, your team's not trying hard enough if the league's going to look the other way on it. So I think had I had a vote and maybe one day, man, maybe TCA will. Uh, yeah, sure, man. Sure. Um, mine probably goes to Kucherov just because of the gaps that he's putting up, right? And those numbers are so good. Don't have a real beef with Vasilevsky, but I probably go with Kucherov. I, I wonder though. Um, and, and I have no idea. I didn't look at them at the end, right? Were the top three point getters all lightning? Like the s- top two for sure were point was second. I don't know who the third was. Right. Uh, Stamkos was up close to 20 points. Right. Uh, it was, there was some fairly the low. Rumors of his demise may have been exaggerated. Yeah. But have you, have you seen a quieter? No. 18, 18 or 20 points in the playoffs. Like you go. Hey, how many points do you think Stamkos has in this right. playoffs? And you're like, oh, I don't know, 11. Right. And you're like, what? <laughs> 18 or 19 points? And you're like, where where are you getting those? Is that like one of those? Getting fat on the power play. Yeah, clearly that that didn't really come out in in the in the finals. But yeah, um, yeah. so to me, if if you have the scoring race dominated by one team, I think those numbers also become a little bit more. Well, but now you know, you're punishing them for being better than the junk heap that went up against them this like has if Vegas gets through do they maybe you know keep racking up some points on Pacioretty or Stone or you know I I think you just the 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 opponent that you saw got two more weeks of you know pea shooters coming at you with Gallagher or Byron or whoever was supposed to score there um yeah I, I don't know to me you're you're sort of punishing Tampa for being too good yeah, 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 yeah. But we are talking about a Tampa goalie versus a yeah. Tampa scorer, yeah. right? So it, it is still just team to team, different positions. And so, yeah, I don't think he can go wrong. I, no, I don't want, I don't want, I don't want to split hairs on this. Right. I just, I think it came down to, and we had a conversation here in the house, right? When, when we talked about that and I said, I, I think if, if it's Vasilevsky again by a shutout, that's going to be the the thing that's yes you're gonna have a hard time overturning that <laughs> like this this is it right you you have the cup winning clinching game and you've shut it out again yeah and and it's funny because the stack going in was three straight series wins with a with a shutout and at that point i believe tampa was 14 and oh coming off a loss yes and you're like oof those numbers do not <laughs> do not bode well and so yeah i i felt that the shutout was what was going to take to Fair enough. To, cer- to certainly cinch that forum. Um, I was interested if, if you saw the photo of of he and Price shaking hands and, and how the two men looked standing side by side. Who apparently are supposed to weigh in at about the same. and uh, Five pounds difference. Yeah. 
Price is five pounds lighter than they're both six three. Price comes in at six three two twenty. Vasilevsky six three two twenty five. And man, did the camera ever not pick a, a flattering photo yeah, of Vasilevsky? Ever, ever pick up that extra five pounds, <laughs> yes. man? It's showing. The camera oh. adds ten pounds. How many cameras are on him? Yeah, this is exactly <laughs> this is exactly right. That's that. That's that five K or five G, whatever that is. The extra, the extra details, but. And it's interesting because to me, that's, you know, unless the program's lying, right? Unless Vasilevsky's really 6'3", sure. 255, unless they're, <laughs> un- unless they're doing the old Vladdy Guerrero kind <laughs> of, uh, you know, unlike where I want to be two inches taller in my, uh, in my stats, uh, can you make me like 30 pounds lighter? <laughs> Is that possible? Um, we get that, right? But it was interesting to me. Um, that Eddie, Eddie Lake, Eddie Lake, Eddie Lack. Eddie Lack. The former uh, Canucks goalie um, who seemed to, uh, funny if I think about it, he was there at the same time as Luongo and Schneider and yep. then be- and became like the only man standing after. Yeah, once they cleared out Schneider, somehow Eddie Lack ends up taking over for Luongo and like, are we fucking doing this again? And Luongo gets shipped out of town and somehow Eddie well, Lack's the guy left holding the bag. Well, and you're like, Eddie Lack, yeah, you're probably the third. Well, you are the third best goalie yes. of that of that trio. And you're like, huh, just there you are. Just work for the Canucks there. Yeah. And so anyways, I, I just, he weighed in saying, hey, both those Speaking guys. weighing in. Yeah. <laughs> good one, Rob. He's, uh, he's weighing in saying, those guys are both wearing the same equipment. They're just not wearing it the same way. And I, I, I don't know exactly what that means. Like, is, is there, you know, is Vasilevsky's not cinched up in the right areas? Is or cinched it, up uh, too much and he's bursting out of it or. Right. Hey, that's a nice belt you have there. Oh. Yeah. And they say Vasilevsky is more of a barrel chested man than, uh, than Carey Price. So I don't know, man, it's all about build. It's not a good photo. That's for sure. Um, oh, but, okay, it, but it I'm- caught fire. <laughs> But I'm not talking about how, how, you know, unflattering the photo is. That's not flattering though. <laughs> uh, for sure. But I'm talking about, you know, if we have issues with, with equipment, mm-hmm. if, if, if he isn't wearing standardized equipment, right. that, that to me is where I was going with this is, yep. yeah, I don't care if it makes him look fat. <laughs> the guy's a con Smythe trophy yeah. winner. And two times, ass out, right? yeah, exactly. <laughs> Shut up, Rob. Who cares what you think? I'm making nine point five per, yeah. and I'm a two-time Stanley Cup champion. No, so I'll have some Taco Bell for lunch if I feel like it. Okay, yeah, I, I'm with you. I like the I like the chili cheese burrito. Can I have some of those over here too? I'm with Probably you. Probably not right before a game, <laughs> uh, or 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 bed, yeah. or swimming, or just about anything. Really, right, to be yeah. honest with you, get to a safe place. <laughs> get to a seated position <laughs> um but yeah i i wonder about his equipment for a guy his size right. and and at this point with all that we've talked about with the nhl clearly turning a blind eye on calling penalties mm-hmm. you are now in a position where we may or may not have a goaltending equipment issue right where you gotta call that man like yeah. you gotta you, like why do you have you got to check the curve of the stick, even if it's right there in the Stanley Cup final. Where's Kay Whitmore right. or whatever the deal is, wh- whatever you're doing in terms of checking goalies. 
I'm sorry, I've just never heard anyone so desperate to find Kay Whitmore. <laughs> what happened to that guy? <laughs> Former Peterborough Pete? Yeah, I know. <laughs> Former Hartford Whaler? Come on, man. Kay Whitmore. Where are you, Kay? But he was he was um he was working in the in the NHL yeah, office yeah, on yeah. on uh, but if you're doing you're not doing your job if that's the case because to me call the penalties and 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 again we're not asking anybody to to do more than what they're supposed to do we're not asking you to you know but I don't know do- if you can do that like I don't know if there's a curved stick thing where they go and measure his shoulder pads and if they're too big. Hit, you know, it's a penalty or whatever. Just show up before the games, measure the shit before he puts it on, and if it's no good, he can't wear it. Like, I, I don't even know if it has to be a penalty situation. Just, as you said, just do your job. Just make sure this stuff fits the, you know, the the regulations. I, I can't imagine they even send anybody out to look after the playoffs start because they don't want to open that door. Yeah, well, and how about having the guy, you know, wearing uh, different uh, different pads in the second period, you go into the second intermission, <laughs> <laughs> swap out, swap it out. But yeah, I, I understand you're not messing with the goalie in game, mm-hmm. but you certainly measure his shit. Yeah. Every pre-game. game. Yeah. Every game. Pre-game. Yeah. And and if there's a problem, you got to crack down on that. Like as long as the goalie is safe, right? We, we don't want to see them get into a spot where guys are, guys are uniformly across the league Back shooting. The fucking newspapers rolled up in the front of the Yeah, this shit. is it. The Sears catalog <laughs> on my shins and going at it. Right? No, we, you guys are shooting across the league harder than ever right and and we we want to see goalies protected but we also don't want to see them padding up and doing more right like we don't want to see guys getting cross-checked and hooked and punched in the face and it not being called like really whether it's the, the equipment or it's penalties just call what's in the rule book right. if, if it's if it's not an issue let it go take it out of the rule book but if it's in the rule book this is what you're doing. And I get it, Matt. You've said it. If, if you know, rubbing is racing or if you're not cheating, you're not trying. Yep. Um, I get it. But if you get caught, you're penalized. Yep. And, and have somebody do that. Like the, like the, we just, the, the Kucherov thing, as I double back to talking about the rules and 18 million over. And, and I think that needs to be way, you know, better policed, right? Sure. In terms of. And again, the league—that's just one more area. That's a league the, thing, not a Tampa thing. Right? I, I, no, yeah. I, I, tol- I totally agree. Yeah. And, and the thing is, it, you know, most teams can't take their best player, no, their their heart trophy winner, out of their lineup and still, still make, make the plays. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's not like that's going to become an epidemic lead wide because most teams, you know, I don't care who it is, uh, you know, Ottawa's a bad choice because they didn't make the playoffs. But if you take uh, Winnipeg. And you take Mark Shifley out of the lineup. Well, we saw what happened to Mark Shifley in big games. Swept, swept by Montreal. (laughs) So, but yeah, these sorts of things, right? You take, you take a team and you go, uh, we're taking your, well, Elias Patterson out. Sure. They weren't going to make the playoffs even before COVID hit them. So these sorts of things. Well, I wonder like the North is different this year, but are the Leafs a playoff team without Austin Matthews? It's going to get tougher man that's you're not yeah. your, your center depth is not where it needs to be to hang with tampa and you know as you we've gone through all these teams boston and florida and whatever yeah yeah but, but that, you, that, that you, is you pluck somebody's best player life gets hard man <laughs> like it's yeah. yeah well you're taking you're taking a 50 goal scorer or a 60 goal scorer in a regular season whatever Could that be, is yeah. right and you go yeah it life certainly becomes much more interesting yep 
right? So it's, um, yeah. Montreal was over the cap too. They don't like to talk about that, but, uh, cause it certainly yeah. wasn't to the same level and whatever, but this is a thing that teams are. And so, as you said, either lock it down or move to the fucking luxury tax. So all this money that you're over the cap, you can be funneling down to the losers, right? Like, but, but solve this one way or another, stop insulting everyone's intelligence. Right. And, and, but to me, it's, it's, we talked about this before, right? The idea of a luxury tax, you still have teams who uh, leaves being one Rangers being another, like there, there's teams who are going to say, I don't care. Right? We'll make it compound or whatever. Cause this the baseball does this. When you hit a certain number, it's $2, then it's $3. And if you stay over it for another year, it goes up to $4. And if you stay over it another, like, and so the Yankees at some point, they come back down. Like they've for two years now trying to get back underneath that threshold because it's become so punitive. Like if you want to hit it hard, you could do this. Um, and even your richest franchises at some point go, fuck, okay. <laughs> like, yeah, Red Sox, right? They, yeah. they sort of did that, right? They yeah, dumped you have some to salary reset a little and, bit, yeah. Now, just in, a, in an aside note before we come back to hockey, did you see the highlights of Saturday's Yankees-Astros game? Uh, I did not. I saw on oh, Twitter what was going on. I didn't actually see it. So Aaron Judge hits the home run, and he's – and as he's coming down from third to home, he's he's holding his jersey he's doing together, his and, shirt shut again, yeah, and, and pulling it down like, "Don't pull my shirt up." I thought that was well. So it, for it, people who aren't familiar, it's an you know a, a throwback, Altuve. an homage, if you want to, to uh, Altuve, who you know those cheating Astros teams. There was talk that he had like a buzzer taped under his shirt that would like vibrate if it's going to be an off-speed pitch or wouldn't if it was going to be a fastball or vice versa or whatever and so he's coming around third and everybody's jumping him and his shirt's coming open and you can see the tape there and you're like oh no and so all of a sudden Aaron Judge is now throwing it back to uh, right there in the Astros faces well because he's running and he's also running down as he's coming to home plate and he's sort of He's shaking his finger, don't pointing do it. to his jersey. Don't, don't do pull it. my, yeah. <laughs> and so, anyways, I I loved it. In terms of troll jobs, it was uh, all it four was a- Houston Astros that were supposed to go to the All Star game have uh, have backed out. I'm not sure if they all have legit injuries or just not that interested in facing another crowd that thinks they suck. Um, just on the Blue Jays broadcast on Sunday afternoon, uh, they said 40 first time all-star game attendees showing up the the people who have backed out over the last week or so I, man there's no one going to this thing this is all of a sudden falling apart but um we can bring her back to baseball here because you referenced to, or to hockey i mean uh, a few minutes ago here you know vasilevsky making 9.5 million dollars going i don't really give a shit what you think right um sort of flying in the face of what had started to become maybe some shared wisdom or a common belief that you don't spend too much money on goaltending. And when we got down to the final four, um, the Islanders would be the only exception, but uh, the Habs paying price $10.5 million, um, 9.5 for Vasilevsky in Tampa, and then I believe it's seven or eight for Flurry plus um, Leonard at five something in Vegas. All of a sudden, you see three out of the four teams getting that deep with big-time goalie commitments. Um, Whether or not that's a coincidence or whether or not that's the market correcting itself and going, no, actually, you'd better have a legit goalie. Uh, What did you make of that, man? Well, and it's really, it's a a big shout-out to our our man, Scotty Mack, 
who, who dragged my ass over the coals <laughs> on the whole $10 million goalie thing when he was in studio with us. Right. Um, yeah. And it had sort of picked up a lot of steam from then. That was back in 2017. Right. And, yeah. and I, at the time, my argument was, yeah, a goalie of that caliber, you only get through drafting. Right. And mm-hmm. you have to do whatever you can to, you know, to keep them. And so, the idea that price is is 33, soon to be 34, I think, um, may fly in the face of still having five more years. But yeah. Vasilevsky starting his his seven or eight years, this was his first year at 9.5. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I came up with a list of, of, of um, AAV players in the league who were half a million this side of him. Well, so anywhere between 9 and $10 million. Players right? or goalies? players okay so it, it's the idea that you know contrasting if you want to pay 9.5 or would you rather pay 5 million for which is what people say right i'd rather pay you know 5 million for a more average goalie who hopefully can get hot yeah and spend all my money on on on, on talent mm-hmm. so i have a, i have a list here and i want to run off the guys who are anywhere from nine so vasilevsky comes in at 9.5 million aav right so I'm going to give you the guys who are between nine and nine point five, and you tell me. And, and to me, the list below him is better. But if you look at this list, we have starting at nine million. You are looking at Roman Yossi. Oh no, sorry. Let's go with PK Subban. So there's there's the first one. PK Subban, Roman Yossi, Nick Backstrom, Miko Rantanen. Nikita Kucherov, those are all guys within five. How many of those guys would you take over Vasilevsky? Cooch. Cooch? Might be it. Yeah. Not not Backstrom? Not Backstrom now. <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah. I'm kidding. What about Roman Yossi? Could you make an argument for... Uh, I, a, a, I got no... And part of the conversation, if you zoom out always becomes, well, how long is it? How old is he? If we're talking about for games tomorrow and, and, and something like that. Yeah. I still have time for Roman Yossi in that conversation, right? To okay. be in that ballpark. Um, oh, oh, and sorry. Jeff Skinner also makes it. Good, yeah. Is that a boy? <laughs> Buffalo. Yes. Um, you can keep okay. that guy. And so, yeah, you're looking at a guy, you know, could I talk you into a Miko Rantanen? Yes. Okay. And, and he's, really, he's okay. in the argument. He's in the discussion. Yeah. So the guys above him, a half a million, so between 9.5 and 10 million, you tell me how many of these guys you are taking over over, um, over Vasilevsky. Between 9.5 and, and 10, yeah. 9.5 and, and 10. So these guys are all paid more okay. than Vasilevsky. You have Anze Kopitar. You have Jack Eichel. You have Tyler Sagan. You have Mark Stone. You've got Evgeny Malkin, Jamie Benn, there you go. Those are the guys. I got Jack Eichel and that's it. Yeah. You take, I, 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 I don't know if I want Jack Eichel. Well, I guess it depends whether he's going to be allowed to get the surgery and what that all means. Um, but beyond that, I I'm confident that if you plucked him out of that hellhole, um, funny that <laughs> there's Jeff Skinner too. And Buffalo appearing in, in this list a couple of times with names that you're not necessarily so sure about one you're very sure about. And, um, one, how, not about so the, much. how about the one other goalie and goalie Bob is also at 10 million. He's right there at the yeah, top no, of that I'm list. That. I'm not even, no. Um, but, but, and Mark Stone would be, 
again, we can talk about it, but uh, I get uncomfortable, as you know, with wingers that high, right? I, I don't love it. Um, if, if I was going to give a winger that kind of money, he would be in the kind of the top three, four, five of that conversation. Well, and, and back to back times, he's made it to the conference final, that 2017 team and this 2021 Vegas team where, yeah, he, he underwhelmed with his point totals, right? Like, yep. like five, yeah, five but he seven. does more than that. As you know, of course, I mean, of course yeah. he does. Yeah. But, but that is a guy when you're making 9.5, yep. you need, you it need be to both. do more. Yeah. You got to get more than 12 points or whatever it is in, Three rounds. I think if, if if we're looking, you're going to play on top top line minutes in power play. Mm-hmm. You need to be bringing more. But so to me, that was interesting as we looked at it and went, okay. When you look at dollar allocation, there is in terms of those probably twelve or thirteen guys. Right. There's maybe two or three guys on that list where you go, I can't I can't find a better spending of my money than on a 26 year old Andre Vasilevsky. Well, if we roll it back, though, and look at some other Stanley Cup champions, right? You're talking about 2019 Jordan Bennington, who was in the minors before he got called up. Yeah. Uh, 2018 is Braden Holtby, who I believe was making around five and a half. 2017 and 16 was the uh, Matt, Matt Murray. Murray wasn't getting paid yet, but Flurry was still on the books at um, six-ish, I believe. Yep. 2015 is Crawford. I believe he's around six. 2014 is Jonathan Quick. I think he was more at kind of six or seven. 13 is Chicago again. 12 is LA again. 11 is Boston. I think Rask is in that five. Like this is, these are kind of outliers too, right? Like it depends how your team's made up. It depends on what kind of system you want to play. And 2011 is, it's not, it's what's his face? It's It's Tim Thomas. Timmy Thomas. Yeah. And 2010 is anti Niemi in uh, Chicago. So I don't know how much further we want to keep going back, but. No, no, I I think we got it. And and if if you look at, you know, some of those guys, the Ben, the Sagan, the Malkin, right. That these Mm -hmm. are guys who, who are on the sort of the backside of their career, right. You go even above that ten million, and you get into your Taves and your Canes, and and I'm taking Kane still. I think. You see, but the I'm, Kane won the ESPY award last night for NHL Player of the Year. Yeah, no. that's your ESPN for. I wonder if it's just guy who was willing to attend and accept the award. <laughs> I don't know, yeah, what are you what are you doing? Not like, and as you said, I'll still take. Kane on my team. I'll still take him ahead of Taves right now. I said, but that guy this year, man, there's a bunch of guys that you would take ahead of Kane this season. So I don't know what yeah. that was all about. Yeah, that that is that is interesting, <laughs> right? But uh, yeah, that that must be. But that again is that's the NBC factor of we're going to show you Flyers games, Blackhawk games, Capitals, Penguins, Rangers, and Bruins. That. And Bruins, yep. but then that's it, right? They yep. have it, it, the the hockey world the is real original six, it, exactly. <laughs> is sort of is confined to that sort of uh, northeastern United States where, and then nobody else matters. And yep. so, when you don't, you know, break outside your your very narrow focus, mm-hmm. right? You look at the NBA right now, and I'm certainly not going to break down any NBA stuff, but Suns and Bucks. Look, when you're looking at the Suns and Bucks, and 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 granted, Giannis is a is a big star, mm-hmm. but you know he's not your Steph Curry, he's not your LeBron James, right? He's not your KD. He's right. not, it's just 
it's the guys who you see and hear about all the time, right? There's great players in this in this in this final, but not only is it small markets, it's it's outside of yeah, the marquee's of the, thin here. Exactly. And and you make it that way, yeah. right? The so in the way NBC shoots hockey in the States is they're not they're not giving you the full scope, right? So when you go, oh Chicago's not in it, I don't really <laughs> I've been told I don't know. not to care. Yeah, well, what is this? That that clearly means it's shit hockey. Yeah. Right when you're like, oh no, wait, that is probably well, okay, back to back Stanley Cups tells me that that is the best team, right? Not just not just in regular seasons, no. right, but in but in playoffs as well. Uh, as we move off of that, uh, you know, thought we would save this to the end, as it's not everybody's cup of tea. But uh, did check out the UFC 264 card on Saturday night, uh, McGregor versus Poirier, and man, I don't know if. In a million years, I would have predicted that that's how this whole thing was going to unfold for those who didn't see it. Um, Poirier's kind of taken it to him in the first round. Connor did land a couple of shots, uh, made made sort of a silly mistake trying to wrestle Poirier into a guillotine. That was never going to fly. Um, he's just not on the same level as Poirier there, so that didn't really work. He was going to lose that first round. Um, but late in the first round, McGregor goes to throw a punch. He sort of misses rolls over and falls back on his own ankle and breaks it. Um, we don't know that at the time. So Poirier jumps on him and is feeding him shots and, and McGregor's trying to protect himself. And the round ends, Poirier gets up to go back to his corner and McGregor is screaming and pointing at his ankle at, to the referee going, it's broken, it's broken. Um, it turns out it's his leg and not his ankle. Um, but man... This was supposed to be the trilogy fight, the one that ends it all, the one that, you know, defines this whole rivalry and puts an end to it once and for all. And it ends up going down in another controversial finish on pay-per-view here. I know you didn't get a chance to see it, but I know you've, uh, you know, been able to, to check out the highlights, read up on it a little bit, but man, this thing was a mess at the end. Yeah. And it's, it's it's one of those things where at the end of the presser you look at, at Dana White, and um, yeah, he doesn't look that sad, right? No, he he's looking at it as oh, it's unfinished business, right? Nobody McGregor wants to, too. yeah, nobody wants to see a fight end like that when really both those guys, but especially Dana goes dollar signs, dollar yes. signs. That this really just means... I guess we'll have to do it yeah, again. You know Poirier gets the TKO, but you know that he didn't really win the fight, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody knows that it's it's the broken leg and it's a freak accident. So we do have to run through the quad, right? We got to bring it back again, which just means get on the gravy train, right? You're going to see this again, but... Uh, if you look at the way McGregor came out and he, and he swung for the head kick and just missed, right? Yep. And you know, I, I, I believe firmly, um, and, and you and Bunda and Creech did a great job setting this whole thing up. Good uh, good listen if you want to go back a couple of episodes. Yep, episode 851, if you want to check that out, wherever you're listening right now. Um, the idea that to me, yeah, McGregor knew if he was going to win this, he's got a... He's got to take him out early, in my opinion, yep. right? That that if it was going to go long, right? That it was Poirier was likely going to dominate him on the ground again and 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 pound him out. Mm-hmm. And so, um, 
Yeah, unfortunate. Well, Gilbert Burns had been hot, ran into the champ, and got butt busted back down a, a rung. Um, and Wonderboy sort of was in a similar place almost to Connor, as we did talk about on episode 851. Like, you want to become a gatekeeper here? You want to keep your name in uh, actual contention, right? And um, now there's some old too. Yeah, he is. So uh, that was an interesting one. And, and there was some controversial shots there when uh, Burns had him down at one point. People were saying he was kind of tagging him in the back of the head. Um, you know, not a great look there, but Gilbert Burns is one of those guys where, you know, I've been high on for the last year or two. He's been, he's been just cleaning out everybody, right? And uh, until he came up against Usman and Usman doesn't lose. So, um, he may be, he, he seemed to indicate, um, <laughs> I'm wearing that t-shirt if I'm Usman. Yeah. Usman, Usman doesn't, doesn't lose. <laughs> um, you know, Burns didn't necessarily call out the champ again. He seemed to understand he might have to wait a little while. So, but he was throwing the open invitation out, like just throwing out names all over the place and come and get it, right? Let's do this. And, um, yeah, that let's was fight. a, what's that? Yeah. Let's fight. Yeah. Like, let's, let's make good fights. Cause at, at this point, if, if you are not, if you do have to wait a time or two, mm-hmm. you know, to, uh, to, you know, sharpen the iron, Right and, and see what what shakes loose. Better your game if you can, even if it's at two or three percent, which is what it is at the yeah at the at the alpha end of of any weight category. Um, yeah, T- take good fights and and see what you can get. And and to me, he's talented. And I think Wonder Boy is weighed down by that by that handle. Nobody should be Wonder, Wonder Boy. Boy. No, I'm with you there. Right, it's Wonder Woman. It's Superman. I don't know, but Wonder Boy. Anyway, so me, I've, I've always had a bit of an issue right back since the, you know, him and Rory McDonald, those, right. yeah. those days. But Well, and to me, the fight of the night turned out to be, and, and Bunda and Creech were both pumped to see Sean O'Malley um, take on Chris Moutinho. And, and that was a firecracker to kick off the main card. And it turned out to be great. Um, man, O'Malley almost set a record for, you know, strikes per minute kind of, you know, the, the, the analytics and the statistics in the fight game, he was throwing 80 for 80% of the shots were being thrown and he just kept tagging Chris Matinho and that guy would not go down. Like he was just getting hit over and over and over for three rounds. And it was clear, you know, if it was going to get to the judges, um, that, you know, O'Malley was going to take it, but the, the, the way that Matinho just stuck with it. And, and so, um, O'Malley took him out with like 15 seconds to go in the third round, kind of a questionable shot. And, and clearly the referee is looking at that and it's Herb Dean. So he's a well-respected guy. He's been around forever. He's looking at the aggregate, right? This guy has taken a pile of punishment and he looks out of it. Now I'm going to end this. There was a lot of people that said with 15 seconds left, you got to let that guy finish the the round, agree, right? He's earned that. So, you know, controversial either way. It was going to be a win for O'Malley and it turned out to be, but man, I've never seen a guy take a, I've seen lots of guys take a beating in the octagon. I've never seen them just keep coming forward. And, and the broadcast pointed it <laughs> out a couple times, man. It's tiring when you're the one constantly backing away and almost running backwards right and uphill and this guy even though he was eating all the shots kept pushing forward it was impressive to watch man this um you know we'll see what that guy's gonna be it's a loss now so he's gonna get set back a little bit in his UFC debut but to Sean O'Malley who's on the rise so that was a crazy fight to watch 
but that's a guy in Sean O'Malley who everybody wants to fight. Yeah. Like everybody's lining up to fight that guy. And for some reason, Dana brings in. Well, it was a late, uh, you know, someone got hurt. I can't remember his name now. So yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but there was a, you know, everybody and their dog was stepping up saying, yeah, that O'Malley, he's a bit of a, you know, he, he talks a lot of, talks a lot, talks a lot of shit. Right. I want to, I want to punch that guy in the face. And so it was interesting, right? Now, whether Dana has has long term goals in mind for O'Malley, right? Like he's trying to yeah feed him, feed him and work him up because the exact opposite is is the is the Hardy to Avasa fight, right? Mm-hmm. Like to me, it's it's almost like Dana's taking the exact opposite approach with Hardy, right? Had that had that nice start, and then sort of has thrown him in. I think this is three losses in a row. Yeah, uh, the boys were pointing out though, and and you know, they I think they wanted Greg Hardy to work out. Like he's a former NFL player, former Pro Bowler, and he, keeps, name. and he keeps getting these prime spots. You know, second or third from the top on a big card that people are gonna you know want to get eyeballs on you, and he keeps blowing it. Like Ty Tuivasa is just an absolute monster. He's a striker extraordinaire, right? Yeah, like he's, and he's a and, top end puncher, and that's the way we teed that fight up. That. If this goes to the ground and if it goes long, it's going to be fucking bowling shoe ugly. But if you end up seeing those guys just standing up and throwing bombs, which is what this turned out to be, there was going to be firecrackers. And and Tuivasa tagged him. And but Greg Hardy just at this point, yeah, that's three losses in a row. And I know they want him to pan out because it's a name, and they keep giving him the spotlight. But it's not working. You're putting the spotlight on pretty devastating losses, is what's happening. Yeah. Well, and and but to me, this is this is not. If you want Hardy to work out stylistically, this is not a great decision to put him in with Tuivasa. Sure. Right. Like, give him somebody who's maybe more well-rounded, where there can be to the ground, can be you know. Whereas, yeah, Tuivasa is a is a top end striker and, yes. and that was that was bound to end poorly uh, unless it was boring as you said it was bound to end with 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 buddy getting knocked out yeah or stopped i want to come back to the main event before we wind this down just because uh, you know as you suggested and uh in the the post-fight press conferences dana is already suggesting you know we'll probably have to roll this out um poirier will go fight for the title next um and uh, that that'll probably be in the fall against Charles Oliveira, and they're talking about maybe taking that out of the United States and getting into a big stadium somewhere. But I mean, even Dane is back saying, "I have no idea. This Delta thing is shutting places down all over the world again." So we'll see what that's going to look like. Could be back on Fight Island by the uh, by the fall. But after that, you know, we'll see how long Connor takes to heal up and whether he wants to do this again. But in the moment. Man, he is laying there. Connor is crippled up, crumpled up in a ball, still just screaming at Dustin Poirier before the microphone even comes to him. Um, when Joe Rogan does go interview him, he's still tearing Poirier apart. He's saying, you didn't do anything. This is my mistake. And um, he's saying that uh, that Poirier's wife is in his DMs and she's a hoe. And, like, he's cl- and he was screaming. The first things he was screaming as the fight was being called – that's a doctor stoppage. That's not me losing. I'm not TKO'd. I'm not knocked out. That's a doctor stop. Like he's trying to keep his own record intact, his own shit together, because uh, he was trying to justify all the way up to this. I don't get knocked out. Like I, and even though Poirier knocked him out in literally his last fight, he goes, "People, shitty referees stop fights and make bad decisions. Whatever. I don't lose." 
Um, so he, this is he's clearly trying to do that again. He's screaming at Poirier. He's screaming about Poirier's wife. And uh, like you can see him like talking into the mic. He's like, his wife's a hoe. And then he turns his head he's like, ah, fuck. Right? Like his leg is so mangled. The, the fight obviously stopped in a horrible way. Give us your thoughts on how it was going. I was boxing the blade and head off him, kicking the blade and leg off him. You will show you do it to close the distance. This is not over. If we had to take this outside with him, it's all outside. We don't give a bollocks. He said that he believes that one of the kicks that he checked is what broke your leg. There was no check. There was not one of them I checked. Your wife is in me DMs, hey baby, hit me back up on Chanty later on. We'll be at the after party, the win no cool, baby. You're looking big, you little hoe. Fuck him. Connor, you you miss with a punch and step back. Tell us what you felt, tell us what you thought was going on. Just the thing had separated and we bleed and landed on the wonky leg like Anderson Silver that time. Something similar to that. It's a fucking mad out business. Listen, it was a wild fight for as long as it lasted. I'm sure you'll be back, and I'm sure you're going to want Dustin again, and I'm sure he'll oblige you. Yeah. yeah. Um, but he's clearly trying to sell this again, of course. right? He, he knows a loss here was going to tumble him out of relevance. He probably still gets a Diaz fight, but that's really all that's left on the table for him. He needs to convince everybody, just like Dana, no, you, we need to do this again, right? And he's going, this is not over. Even if we don't do it in an octagon, we'll do it on the sidewalk. This is not over. He's, he's trying to set this up and sell it again, right? I got to stay in this. I got to stay relevant, even if I'm not necessarily really still all that. He just keeps losing, man. And this one sucks. This isn't necessarily like him getting bludgeoned or beaten up too bad, but it's another one where it's not a win. And so it was pretty transparent um, yeah. what he, he was trying to do. Right. And, and and the thing is, he is still, he has that large name brand. Yeah. Right. And so he does draw the sort of average, you know, sort of peripheral fan. But for how long? That's the problem, right? Uh, okay. All right. But this to me is the, the one out is this. You don't need that that sideshow bullshit you're doing because the reality is most people know. All right, yeah, that's a that's a broken broken ankle, whatever the deal is, broken shin, whatever yeah, yeah. whatever's happening there. But the reality is, I think most people expected Poirier to beat his ass again this time, and so you didn't do anything in that round. That would lead no, me to believe no. that you were going to beat Poirier in this fight. No, everything so, in that first round suggested Poirier's probably finishing this in the second round at the latest, right? Again, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so it, it really does become, you know, let it speak for itself. It is a stoppage. We can run this back again under the understanding that yeah, I broke my leg, not from blocking a kick or 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 delivering a kick. It, I broke my leg just. Through, yep. I don't know, lack of calcium. I have no idea what the deal is there, right? Um, but yeah, y- you don't need that. And it becomes kind of WWE-ish. Yeah, leave the wife out of it. Just stop, right? Like the rest of that shit that he does, that's how he sells fights. That's how he gets, even if it's people buying to see him get knocked out, whatever. That's how he makes his money, right? Leave the, yeah. leave the wife. You're sitting there crumpled up in a ball 
with your yeah. l- leg hanging out of its skin at the side of the octagon and you're chirping about somebody else's wife. Like, just chill yeah. out, man. Like, well, and, and what do you think is going to happen, Budrick? If, if, if they go, okay, it's not a, it's not a ref stoppage and you're going to hobble back out there for round two. This is, this is a stoppage. Yeah. Your no, he knew the fight was you. over. No, he no, just, I, yeah. I know, but yeah. I'm just saying it's, it's just, yeah, it's, it's a stoppage, yeah. but you can't continue. So it's not, it's not a, Hey, right. this is the doctor's stoppage. Right. Yeah. No, your body has failed you for one reason or another, <laughs> sure. whether it's, whether it's a knockout, whatever it is, that's caused you to not be able to continue the fight. It's happened in fight. Yeah. You are stopped. Well, I had someone Bam. ask me on Sunday afternoon, like who, who's not a big fight fan. It's a, do you, does it piss you off as a, as a consumer, like as someone who got less than one round out of whatever, and the person got hurt. And I said, no, that's the risk you run when you buy pay-per-views in an unpredictable sport. That's not really married to the clock. Right. We've seen guys in main events get knocked out in 40 seconds or less than that sometimes. Right. And, that just happens. You just, you rarely see somebody finish themselves like that, right? Or you kind of fall over your own ankle and go, ah, I'm out. I'm done. I'm done. Yeah. Um, so that doesn't bug me as much. The, the rest of the card, it wasn't overwhelmingly great. It wasn't terrible. But there were stops. Yeah. Right? There, there was yeah. only the one UD on, on, the, on the main card. Yeah. But it just, I don't know, the, the main event ending that way, probably because you knew you know, there's a good chance if you want to see this again, you're going to have to buy this again to see it. And the rest of the card was fine, but not spectacular. Um, yeah, I don't know. This one, it didn't feel like money thrown away, but it didn't feel like as satisfying had you actually got to see a real finish to the main event. It was lacking a little bit of something. Yeah, I, I get it. It's, it's like seeing Tyson back in the day defeat you know, Michael Spinks in 90 seconds, and you're like, what? I just spent 100 bucks. And it lasted 90 seconds. Even that, I think it'd have been okay if Poirier just, or McGregor, if one of them knocked the other out in 90 seconds, I'd have gone, wow, okay, there it is. This was just like, are you kidding? Like, I get that McGregor couldn't continue, but you're just like, that sucked, right? Like, that was a shitty way to, and again, just because you know in six months, nine months, 12 months, whatever it's going to be, that there's going to be running this back and there's going to be commercials saying, this time we'll really settle it. And do you want to give your 65 bucks for it again, right? Well, for and, the fourth and, time. And it's funny because when you're talking about Moutinho and, and, and O'Malley and you're like, I've never seen anybody take that much punishment. And I was, I was thinking anybody outside of, the, of a Diaz, right? Yeah, okay. Like, to me, that is the thing, right? And it's interesting that you bring up I imagine you're talking about a McGregor, Nate Diaz yes. kind of a, it was interesting listening to um, Aaron Bronstead or TSN mm-hmm. UFC guy um, talk about Dana saying they're running out a, in the fall or late in the fall, a Nick, Nick Diaz, Diaz, Robbie Lawler. Cause it's 2009. Yeah. I think there's been 13 years in between the two fights. Jesus Christ. I saw that and it was going to be a co-main somewhere. I saw this on Twitter and I said, this better be a fight night co-main, not a pay-per-view co-main. In 2021, get out of here. Yeah, like Nick Diaz has not won a fight in seven years, I think. No, he's just a name, which is what Connor's on his way to becoming. Yeah, now funny, I I, I was looking through, um, as I was casting through the results, was Carlos Condit on the undercard of this? Yeah, didn't have much left. When I just saw it, it said C Condit, and I'm like, and it was a, yep, it was a split or a unanimous, and I'm yeah, like, unanimous. man, how the... There he is on the uh, prelims. 
that guy was a killer back in the day, right? In terms of a natural of, born killer. Yeah. Multi, you know, it, it just, but yeah, that's hey man, time to hang it up. I think looks like, uh, we'll do the same time to hang her up here. Um, should let you guys know later on this week, Steve Lloyd, TSN 1200 will return. Lordy! We're going to talk a little craft beer, talk a little bit about, uh, you know what this whole thing has been like trying to broadcast. Um, he's been one of these guys, holding it down on a broadcast from home. We'll talk a little bit about that. And of course, whatever sports news is on the agenda that day. So Steve Lloyd will be here. Uh, looking forward to doing that. As Rob said, if you do want to go back and check out, um, you know, there was some other UFC talk, some celebrity boxing talk on uh, episode 851 with Creech and yeah. Bunda. Who was Creech fighting in this one? Because last time he was going to fight De La Hoya, I think, right? So... <laughs> Oh, I want to. I want to see who uh, who Karich is going to fight in terms of the celebrity. Boxing. Didn't offer us up a name this time. Oh, okay. But, uh, we'll, I'm going to tweet at him and see who he's who he's going to who who's he wants taken to down. Fight. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so you can check that out on episode 851. More good stuff to come here uh, in the coming days. So stick around for that. Uh, until then, for Rob, my name's Matt, and we'll see you on the next episode of Talk and Audio. See you. It is over. Now that's a tasty beverage. Thanks for listening. You can get more TCA at tallcanaudio.com or by searching Tall Can Audio on your favorite podcast app.